0: Welcome to So Now What?, a bi-weekly podcast of the AWRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio. Join hosts Michelle Patnode, W3MVP, and Joe Karsha, NJ1Q, as they offer information, support, and encouragement for those starting their journey into the world of amateur radio. So Now What? is brought to you by LDG Electronics. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art automatic antenna tuners and related products for every amateur need. Check them out at ldgelectronics.com asking questions. That's how you get the advice and insight you need to go from new license holder to ham radio veteran. And the first question is, so now what?
1: Hey, podcast listeners. I'm Michelle Patnode, W3MVP. Thanks for joining us for So Now What? A podcast for people who are relatively new to amateur radio and who are excited and curious to discover all that it has to offer. So today, Joe Karsha, NJ1Q, and I are going to be talking about an issue that I know is near and dear to Joe's heart, and maybe some of his other body parts as well, <laughs> yes. and that's safety.
2: Oh, uh, yes, Michelle. And when it comes to safety, one should never dance around the maypole when you're talking about safety. <laughs> S-A-F-E-T-Y, safety. And yes, I agree with you. I strongly believe in keeping all of my body parts intact and in working order. <laughs> And that's why I'm passionate, maybe a little crazy, about making sure that people take the proper safety precautions when doing everything from installing new equipment to putting up antennas and everything else involved in amateur radio operations. And Michelle, when you think about it, these sort of things can kind of just spill over into normal life. Um, You're mowing your lawn, you want to have ear protection and eye protection, and uh, So safety is a very important thing to to take into consideration.
1: Yeah, Joe, no, that's really true for all aspects of life. Now, for amateur radio, what are some of the key safety hazards and potential safety issues or even risks that operators should be aware of?
2: There are a few. And I think when you look at what you're doing in amateur radio, uh, where can you put some of these safety precautions into play? For me, and I'm sure people will argue it, but for me, it's the first and foremost is eye protection. If you've ever taken shop in school, you were probably shown those videos that show the nail through the safety glasses or other stuff getting into eyes and so on. So for me, the big thing is eye protection because all it takes is once. And Michelle, as you know, whenever we step into the shop at W1AW, and we're doing something, the first thing that goes on are the safety glasses because you never know.
1: And if you head over to our IGTV account, our Instagram TV at ARRLHQ, you'll see a bunch of videos of Joe wearing his safety glasses in the W1AW workshop room.
2: Yes, because they always go on. They always go on. Other aspects, I think it's when hams are using hand tools screwdrivers, wire cutters, especially wire cutters, because wire can ping out and take out an eye, as it were. Or what's that line from that movie? You'll shoot out your eye, kid.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah,
2: (laughs) You can do that with a piece of wire. You can take out your eye if you're not wearing your safety glasses. But hand tools, drills, saws, i mean, these are tools meant to manipulate wood or metal and wires and so forth. So you always have to take these scenes of consideration they're not toys these things are meant to do a job well other key potential safety issues that hams have to worry about are obviously high voltages you're working with amplifiers you're transmitting there's high voltages present on antenna lines there's soldering you're dealing with some really high temperatures with solder after all it is the melting point of lead a metal and to a lesser extent but still important and HAMS should always at least keep this in the back of their mind, is MPE, or Maximum Permissible Exposure. Some of you have probably heard that for the first time in the test or maybe during your studies. Maximum Permissible Exposure is the amount, and these are levels set by the FCC, the amount of exposure to RF, or radio frequency radiation, based upon frequency and distance to a radiator or an antenna. Now, we're not going to get into the legalities of it or the calculations, or anything like that, but just that you know that that is something you have to take into consideration, because there are regulations regarding that. You do not want to have an antenna set up, or your setup in general, your radio station set up, to where you are essentially flooding yourself with RF radiation. And clear, that's not to scare anybody or get them nervous or anything like that. Because hey, I work in a radio station that transmits high power simultaneously on nine frequencies. And I am not worried about the exposure that I'm getting because we we did the testing and we're cool. So everything is awesome there, but just something that you have to keep in the back of your mind.
1: We're not going to get into distractive driving laws on this podcast, but we are going to go over the different safety concerns that radio amateurs need to pay attention to if they are operating mobile.
2: Yes, because... First and foremost, well, what is the biggest thing? And it is distraction. If you're bending down to turn the volume up on your radio, and now in this case, we're talking about your amateur radio. We're not talking about the radio tuned to your (laughs) local favorite station or anything like that, but your amateur radio, because that's a completely different topic. Um, But you have to take into consideration the distraction. Uh, Picking up the microphone, setting a frequency, setting the volume, these are all distractions. And Michelle, you're, rightly so, there are some distracted driving laws that amateur radio operators have to take into consideration. It, de- it depends upon the state they're in, and because uh, some states have more stringent laws than others. But when you are operating mobile, and whether it be a mobile radio or an HT, just think in the back of your mind, okay, is this going to distract my driving? Am I going to do something? And don't do it. If, if you think that it's going to distract you, well, like with anything else, like with your mobile device, pull off to the side of the road if you need to talk to somebody, unless you get into the hang of it. So for those of us who have had radios in their vehicles for many years, you do learn to multitask. I have a mobile radio in my truck and I know when the right time to change frequency or turn it on or anything like that, the right time to do it and the wrong time to do it. So you do develop this multitasking ability and hopefully that carries through on life or everything else. So just something to take in consideration when operating mobile, when it comes to operating outside and by that, let's just say a portable operation, you're going to do a summit on the air, which is a kind of a cool operation. And we highly recommend you look that up because it's a, it's a fun thing to do or our favorite field day Yay. we love field day i love field day i've played field day every year for how many years
1: hey it's coming uh, up soon too in june
2: that's right the fourth week of june folks uh look it up the arrow.org slash field day i believe is the uh, the whole thing
1: yeah I not so. it yeah I believe so, so. Yep.
2: field day folks it's not a contest it's an operating event i know we're getting a little off topic but it's field day and we love field days so anyway Woo-hoo. okay we're gonna pull it back in folks. um But any operating portable, there's a few concerns. Obviously, you want to make sure that if you are putting up an antenna in a portable setting that you avoid power lines at all costs because, as we all know, antennas are wonderful conductors of electricity, and power lines are wonderful conductors of electricity, and human bodies are wonderful conductors of electricity, so you never want to, if you could avoid it and Hopefully you are avoiding it, putting the antenna up near any sort of power line or any power structure like that. The other thing, and for those of us who have done field day and parks and so on and so forth, is well just the placement of it. For those of us, especially when we're starting out, it's like, oh, I'm just gonna hook up this antenna and it's gonna be cool. I'm gonna tie it between two trees and the cable's gonna run through, and and it'll be fine. I know the cable's there. Well, yeah, you know the cable's there. But if you have folks visiting, they may not know the cables there. And so now (laughs) you have, and there's now a trip hazard. And what's the minimum that can happen? They get a little bit of road rash on their hands or the worst, which is really, really bad, which we're not going to talk about because you're never going to allow that trip hazard to exist. Proper placement of the cables. You want to make sure they're routed properly. And uh, just a few of the things, I mean, even an operating portable, like in a field day setting, you might have some ground rods temporarily installed. Well, there too is a trip hazard. You you have to think about when you're installing this stuff, what could possibly happen? And again, you know, it's there, but a person visiting your field day site, or even a, a fellow club member may not know that it's there. So just something to take in consideration when you're putting up, say, antennas and so on.
1: And I just got to say, no worries, everyone. We will have an upcoming episode soon on Field Day.
2: On Field Day. Well, it's not a contest. It's a wonderful, fun operating event. Fun Day.
1: Ooh, Fun Day. Fun Day. <gasps> we could do hashtag Sunday Fun Day. Hashtag Field Day.
2: Yeah, hashtag. And we do hashtag Field Day, don't we? We
1: do. We do yeah. hashtag A-R-R-L-F-D. For Field Day. For Field Day. Yeah. Fun Day. It's Fun Day. <laughs> it's Fun Day.
2: Because it's Fun Day, it's Field Day.
1: Well, it lands on it's Sunday the as week. well. No? Uh, yeah,
2: Saturday and Sunday.
1: So we can do hashtag Sunday Funday.
2: That's right. And I'm sure our listeners are going, aren't you supposed to be talking about safety? Yes, we are talking about safety.
1: Yes, we are talking about safety that you can have on your hashtag Sunday Funday. Yes. Hashtag A-R-R-L-F-D, Field Day. Field
2: Day, which is fun. So go do it. Granted, it's dating this podcast a little bit, but not that much. But uh, oh. for those of you who are frequent visitors to our ARL webpage, you saw that we ran an article about certain generators from a certain manufacturer, I will not mention the name that had to be recalled for safety issues. So if you have an opportunity, read that story because you might have one of those generators, but setting up in a portable setting when you have a generator running, clearly you have gasoline, you have oil, you have carbon monoxide. You have a device that's generating either 120 or 240 volts AC at a certain current level. So when setting up this generator, you want to ensure that it is some appreciable distance away from your operating position. At a minimum, it might be a little noisy. So you're trying to hear stations, maybe some weak stations. Your antenna may be already compromised because it's a portable setting, and you may have a hard time hearing because of the generator noise. And that's all well and good. But you also have that issue of carbon monoxide, the exhaust, and the fact that it is it's a combustion engine running a few feet away. So just something to take in consideration. And if the manufacturer of that generator recommends that you ground it, and if the manufacturer of that generator recommends that you ground that generator using something as simple as a four-foot ground rod, do it. They do that for a reason. They just don't recommend ground the generator for no reason. So look at what the manufacturer states about proper operation of that generator try to keep it far away from your operating position as is feasible because sometimes you can't and just run it safe.
1: And now a word from our sponsor.
2: LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote, an LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com.
1: Welcome back to So Now What?
2: Another safety feature that I think some individuals don't really take in consideration, or hopefully they do, and that is tower climbing or climbing on your roof. You, you have to put up an antenna. You have to, you get your tower up. It's great. The tower's properly installed. It's installed by someone who knows what they're doing. And now you want to get up there. You want to put up your antenna and you find that you're up there, but what if you have to move your hands? Well, that's where the climbing harnesses come into play. It is never a good idea to just tie yourself to a tower. And the reason I say that is in our line of work, Michelle, we, we get a lot of emails from people who talk about that this person over here used um, like shoelaces to hold themselves to the tower and, or this one used a belt, uh, like the the regular belt. They used a, or a strap to, to tie themselves to the tower. And These things really do occur. People do not take into consideration their height in the tower, the the safety involved with climbing a tower. And if you find you're going to climb a tower, you know what? It's going to be a little expensive, but you want high quality climbing harnesses. You want these, they're called gorilla hooks and lanyards. You want to be able to securely tie yourself properly to a tower. Because you do have to move your hands. And if you're using one hand just to hold on to the tower, because, oh, you're only up 10 feet. What's the worst that can happen? I can land on my feet. If you're only using one hand and you're doing the work with the other hand, well, something's going to give eventually. What if you suddenly drop something and your first reaction is going to be to grab it? Well, guess what? You've just let go of that tower. And even at 10 feet, people think, well, what's the worst going to happen at 10 feet? Serious injuries, if not death, can occur from 10 feet. And I know everybody's out there going, no, it can't. No, it can't. Yes, it can. From my towers here, if you were to fall from 10 feet and hit that concrete base with your head, because maybe you weren't wearing a safety harness and you weren't having an ailment or anything like that, you risk death. It's 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 not a joke. and unfortunately, we have run far too many stories on both our webpage and in QST and our publications, stories of ham radio operators who have fallen to their deaths because they were improperly secured the tower. They were using old equipment or the improper equipment. So again, I, I know it can be expensive, but if you find that you're going to put up a tower and that's cool, I'm a little jealous when people can put up towers, but If you're going to put up a tower, make sure you have the proper climbing equipment. If you feel you don't want to climb that tower and you have somebody else do it for you, make sure they have the proper climbing equipment because all it takes is one slip. And when it comes to that, the harness, it's a full body harness. It has areas that you can connect hooks to. Uh, we, We talk about the full body harness because some folks just have a regular climbing belt. It goes around the waist. And the legs, and that's good enough. Maybe good enough for five feet, maybe 10 feet. But if you're going to be any appreciable distance, the full harnesses, you are attached to the tower securely. I like to say that when my contractors come down, they're they're certified tower climbers. They've been doing this for years. In fact, our contractor has been working for us for almost 22 years. Oh, wow. They know the proper equipment they have to use. And every couple of years they have to purchase new stuff because the old stuff gets old. They are more safer. More safer? Can I say that? More safer. Um, (laughs) Or they are. Is it more safer? Most safe. Most safe. More safer. More safer. Uh, They are safer at 100 feet on that tower with their proper gear than if they were on the roof of a single story ranch, because even on a single story ranch, you can slip off that roof and fall and get seriously hurt or worse. And the only reason they're safer is because they're using proper equipment. So don't be like the person that goes and buys one of these tied down ratchet things and secures themselves to the tower. And Michelle, you're probably asking, why would you make such a reference? Because a few years back, someone sent us some photographs of individuals doing just that. Oh, no. I I kid you not. They use these types of the ratcheting tie downs for your cargo, your trailer. Yes. It's please don't do that. If you're going to climb a tower. Get the proper equipment.
1: Is there any other additional safety equipment that ham radio operators should be considering? I know I have my hard hat and it's pink and Joe Karsha actually bought
2: it for me. And we got it from a reputable source too. Yes. Well, for me again, I think it's, it's what are you doing at the time? Uh, clearly safety glasses. If you're going to be say testing a radio, might have the audio up a little bit. Maybe want to consider some slight, slight ear protection. If you're going to be drilling a lot, And I I know what people are saying. They're going, yes, but it's not that long duration and so on and so forth. Well, that's true. But it's something that scientists and medical people and all sorts of folks have said when it comes to noise that loud noises can damage hearing. So if you're going to be drilling through a whole bunch of metal using a properly adjusted drill with a sharp bit, that's going to get loud. And I speak from experience. This is especially when drilling through steel it gets real loud and it gets screechy. So you may just want to consider some ear protection, which again, also spills over into real life. Today, we're working on the antennas and I had my hands immersed in boxes of additional clamps and so on. And I got some serious metal splinters.
1: Ooh, that does not sound good at all. No.
2: And they're the kind of metal splinter that when you rub against it, it doesn't give and it just kind of pushes and you actually find you can't use that. If you're going to be running with cables and hand tools, like say you're running ground rods or something, you may want to consider a decent pair of gloves because at some point today I'm thinking, gosh, why didn't I wear some gloves when I'm pulling all these thick wires, which actually have little barbs in them sometimes, Mm -hmm. and these clamps and my hands are in these, boxes of metal with little metal shards. And if I only had a decent pair of gloves, I wouldn't have all these metal splinters that I'm now pulling out of my fingers. So Ooh. it's the simple things, Michelle. It really is. It's simple things. They're almost like they're, they're too common sense. You shouldn't even have to think about it, but yeah, you got ear protection, eye protection, and maybe some hand gloves.
1: No, oh, that was great, Joe. Thanks for letting everyone know.
2: Oh, and, you're most welcome.
1: And don't be like Joe.
2: Yeah. Don't be like Joe. <laughs> Take safety seriously.
1: What would Joe do? And then don't do it. Yeah,
2: don't do not do it. Just, just <laughs> think safety. And again, not to be a dead horse, but it's all safety. It's all common sense. And just right. think about what am I doing at the time and what kind of safety precautions can I take? And we actually have a couple of publications, too, that talk about safety from grounding Classes, <laughs> ear protection, so on and so forth.
1: No, thanks for sharing that with everyone, Joe. And again, when you're out there doing things, just think of what are you doing and how you can prevent accidents from happening. Yes. Joe, thank you for being very informative with helping everybody with their safety.
2: Oh, you're most welcome.
1: And thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of So Now What? On our next episode, learn how to find an amateur radio club. Please rate and review So Now What? on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And as always, leave your comments in the listener form at ARRL.org forward slash so-now-what. If you have any suggestions for future podcast episodes, please leave them in the comments. Until next time on So Now What?
2: So Now What? We did it.
1: We did it. We
2: did it. We did it.
1: We did it. Oh, we already did that. We already
2: did that part. What else should we do?
1: Well, we can give everyone a sneak peek to future episodes. We will be having a Highlights of Hamvention. And as you already know, we did mention briefly a little bit about Field Day.
2: Field Day. Yeah, we just mentioned just a little bit about Field Day. Just a little we? just only a little, little bit, bit about Field
1: Day. Yeah. So Not not too much about Field no. Day.
2: Just a little. And not that we're saying Field Day constantly because if we were to say Field Day constantly, you would think that that's all we think about is Field Day, but we don't think about Field Day constantly.
1: No, we don't think about Field Day constantly. No. Not at all. We're nope. only going to have a future episode about Field Day.
2: Field Day, right. But Field no, Day. Yeah, it's just it's just about Field Day. That's all. Until next time, 73. That was cool. Yay. That was cool. That was cool.
0: (laughs) So Now What is a production of the ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio, and is sponsored by LDG Electronics. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art automatic antenna tuners and related products for every amateur need. Check them out at ldgelectronics.com. For more information on amateur radio or the ARRL, visit us on the web at www.arrl.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn by searching for ARRL. If you have a question or comment for Joe or Michelle, email us at sonowwhat at arrl.org or use the form on our website, www.arrl.org forward slash sonowwhat. This program is copyright of the ARRL, and any unauthorized redistribution or rebroadcast is prohibited. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to SoNowWhat at Blueberry.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Serena Jackson, KC1JMW, Administrative Manager of Radio Sport at the ARRL. Thanks for listening.